learning myself, embracing who I am and being okay with me is a journey that I've been on in my emotional healing process. And so just I accepting my identity, accepting my value isn't wrapped up in what I do, but it's all based on who I am has been a very challenging lesson for me. You're listening to the Experience Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Ajene Gaylord, and I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing and eradicate the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. On this episode, we will cover part one of our discussion on Who Am I? So one of those things that I've been like contemplating recently has been more emphasis and I guess focus on my emotional healing. Not that I haven't paid attention to it or I haven't been working towards it. It's just that in the recent last couple of weeks, there's been an awareness that I've arrived at concerning how God created me, like my my spiritual gifts and who I am, my temperament, just my talents and skills and abilities, like just being more aware of that and just trying to understand how I show up in the world and contribute. So I kind of had an experience this last school year while I was work in my first year of my PhD program where I was applying for a fellowship. So typically in the academics uh world, you can find opportunities outside of the classroom that can help to provide further training, professional development, things like that. So there was an opportunity for me to apply for a minority fellowship, which is very specific to marginalized communities that often don't have these type of opportunities. And so I was like, wow, this really fits into my research area. And it was a great opportunity. So when I filled out the application, so let me back up just a little bit. Part of my challenge was I'm in my 40s and I have not been in school for over 20 years And I left my career many years ago to come home and raise my children, but I didn't leave my calling. So I've still called to what God has created me to do. And yet at that time, I walked away from my career in order to commit to that. I lost my job because my agency closed, so they laid us all off. But I, you know, temporarily paused that part of my life in order to commit to being a homemaker. And so... The challenge that I had was my identity was very wrapped up in my accomplishments. As early as I would say late elementary school, I began to really pay attention to academics. Prior to that, I would goof off because school came easy to me. So I would always get in trouble. I would always get uh, threes in my citizenship marking. (laughs) I don't know if anybody remembers getting uh, those number markings on your report card, but I used to get really good grades, but they're really poor uh, citizenship (laughs) markings because I would mouth off and talk and do too much because I really wasn't being stimulated. So I didn't get serious about school until much later. I think I was in eighth grade when I had one of my um, teachers who was a male, black male teacher, which was very far and few between for me, even though I grew up in uh, Detroit public schools and the majority of the students were black. We didn't have a lot of black male teachers. So he was this really tall guy. I think he might've reminded me of my father, the memories that I do have of him before he left when I was seven. 
But he said something to my mother and at a parent teacher conference, he said, she's really smart, but she doesn't try. She could be a straight A student if she would just try a little bit more. And I heard that and it sparked something in me. I immediately said, oh, I I meet your challenge. Like internally, I made that decision. So from that point forward, from eighth grade on, I became a straight A student and went on to becoming valedictorian of my high school graduating class and high academic achievement, took advanced placement classes, had a 4.2 GPA when I graduated, got full scholarships to college, all the things. And so I was very wrapped up in achievement. I had a a tense home environment. You know, there were some issues in my home environment. And so this was where I shined. This was where I thrived. This was where I really you know, would show that I have value and worth. So er, my identity became very wrapped up in the things that I could do. So I'll go on from there. I'm 17 when I hit the college campus. I'm there on a full ride scholarship and a music scholarship. I eventually decide to go into social work after being kind of despondent with psychology. <laughs> it didn't meet my needs at the time. So I ended up switching to social work and had to make up for the semester of classes I didn't take. So I'm a junior taking 24 credit hours, which is absurd. A full-time uh, uh, undergrad schedule is 12 credit hours. So I had double that. So I'm this insane, highly achieving academic, even in undergrad, I finally graduated. I think I'm 21 when I graduated with my bachelor's degree. And then I went into an accelerated master's degree, completed my master's in 10 months and graduated when I was 22 years old. So I am a baby, but I've achieved all of these huge accomplishments academically. I go right into the workforce, right into counseling and therapy, worked for three years, had my first baby and then got pregnant. And then my agency decided to close and lay us all off. And here I found myself home with these two babies trying to figure out, wait a minute, I'm a high achiever. Wait, what do I do with myself now? Now I'm a mom. So what I did was I took all that energy into my home and became a professional homemaker. So I had schedules and routines and systems and processes and all the things. And I used that in my home, went on to have two more babies. So I have four children and then I feel led to homeschool them, which wasn't even anything I knew was possible and did not even know that people did this thing. But here I am now a full-time homemaker, full-time home educator, have these four children, and I'm fully into this, you know, situation of mine where I'm now professionally committing myself to this work I'm doing. And so for many, many years, I was wrapped up in my identity as a mom and a wife. So I spent all of those, you know, the last 18 years of, you know, parenting and raising children and being very focused. And then I had children who had some learning differences. I have two children with uh, dyslexia, um, with dyscalculia, some other learning differences because their brains just process information differently. And so I had to really learn how to teach them the way that they learn and understand different approaches to education, help them remediate their reading at the time. Like a lot of knowledge I even gained over the years of homeschooling my children. And all of a sudden I feel led to return back to my career, return back to school. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've been committed to this work as a mom and a wife. My husband and I have done real estate. So that was also part of my identity was being in business together with my spouse and 
us building this real estate business, even though we made tons of mistakes over the years, you know, just trying to, you know, grant, gain some perspective and really gain some, some progress. My identity has always been wrapped up on the things that I could do. So more recently, as I'm continuing on my journey of healing, I'm recognizing that, wait a minute, there's more to this than what I can do. I am a whole person based on how God created and crafted me, how he assigned me even down to the very details of my physical appearance, to the talents that I have, to the different traits that I have in my family. There are two major traits that we carry. One is a six finger. So I have six fingers on both hands or extra digit. And then we also have a gap between our teeth. Like that's a very staple um, trait that's in my family. Well, over the years, the gap has closed and people don't notice a six finger unless they're really like close, like my massage therapist noticed it, but you know, like people don't really see it. So even those little intricate things that he's given me to make up who I am is very much important to how he has chosen for me to reflect his image and to show up in the world. So as of late, I have been thinking about okay, God, you've given me this talent, this skill, this ability, this, you know, who am I? How am I? What are my gifts? What are my, you know, that kind of thing. And so recently my husband and I got into this conversation about like, I recognize that I do have a a measure of high intelligence because he says to me, that's come so easy for you. And that's not typical. But to me, it's just typical. It's just who I am. I don't see it as brilliance or a genius or high intelligence. I just see it as this is just how I am. I'm just kind of smart. You know, I'm kind of wise. But then he really began to help me to examine and even ponder about the fact that this is a gift that I've been given the ability to be able to quickly and easily process information. I remember being in high school in my pre-calculus class and my teacher was trying to give a concept to the students. And it came so easy to me, like super easy. Pre-calculus was hard. Everybody in the class was like, this is too much. This is challenging. And I asked the teacher, I said, would you mind if I come to the board and try to explain it? I don't know what made me do that. I have no idea why I got all extra bold and decided to do that, but she did. She let me come up to the board And when I broke it down and explained it to the students, they got it. I was able to take this big, complicated concept and break it down into smaller pieces. And it's a gift I have. A lot of people have teaching gifts, but I have the ability to take very complex concepts, break them down into simple steps. And that's what's given me success, even in home education. Right. So this has been on my mind and I've been thinking about it and I've been At a point, I was kind of questioning my value. I was kind of questioning my worth. I was getting hung up on achievements. And so I'm applying for this fellowship last year and I'm looking at my resume and it doesn't look like it, quote unquote, should look at this stage of my career. Well, if you take into account the fact that I haven't been in the field working or in school for 20 years, it makes total sense. But now I'm back into this environment where there's an expectation that you have a ton of publications under your belt. You have a whole research perspective. You've done this uh, activity or you've participated in this training or you've like, and my, my resume was very sparse. It had very little on it, um, which I already knew coming into the PhD program. I kind of did a, uh, a graduate certificate first to really give myself an opportunity to bridge where I left off in my master's it to kind of get me ready for the PhD. So I did the graduate certificate first, which allowed me to be ready 
to then not apply to the PhD program. And so now I'm looking at other academic opportunities and felt so inadequate. I really went through like a crisis for two weeks where I was like, I am nothing. I know nothing. No one's going to want me. Like I went through this whole emotional turmoil because I began to question my value because for most of my life, my value has been wrapped up in what I could do. And here I am face to face with, I don't match these other 20 year olds. I don't match these other academics who have a full-time career and also are returning to school, working on a graduate you know, degree. I don't have, and here I am comparing myself to all of my colleagues and my peers and feeling so woefully inadequate. So that kind of started this journey of me kind of really re-examining, okay, Lord, why do you have me here? First of all, what, what is your purposes for me returning to school? What are your purposes for me home educating my children? If I have a child who graduates, but then decides I'm going to take a gap year, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do in my life. I feel like I failed homeschool. So what do you have me doing? My husband and I have been working for, I think we've been in business for at least 18 to 20 years now. And really trying to build our real estate empire and really make an impact. And we're still at it and haven't quite arrived at the place we thought we would be by now. Like, when do I really embrace, okay, God, what are you doing in me? And what is it that you've placed in me to bring to these spaces? And how can I show up and do it without equating it with my value? My value just is based on who you made me to be. It isn't based on what I've accomplished or what I have endured, but that's a hard lesson for me because most of my life, that's what I've equated it with. So over these last couple of weeks, it's really been a journey for me to examine what are my spiritual gifts? I know what they are, but to look at both the strengths and some of the weaknesses of that gift reminds me, oh, this is why you respond in these situations. So being someone who's a perceiver, who can, who's a seer, who knows and understands, you're also very impatient when it comes to other people perceiving and seeing what's right and taking action on that. I'm, I'm very much black and white. I see things. I don't see gray. I only see black and white. And so I have to be a little bit more patient when my husband in particular lives in the gray more than I do. And I can't look at everything as extremes. There is gray. And I need to be more willing to understand this is how I'm crafted. This is how God made me. But I can acknowledge it without diminishing who I am and still embrace the need to recognize, oh, there's another side of my gifts. There's another side of my temperament. There's another side of my learning, you know, style, my love language that still has to be managed by me, that still has to be stewarded well by me in order so that I don't create tension and friction for myself or the people I'm in relationship with. I just came back from a getaway. I take these quarterly getaways where I go away for a couple of days and rest and pray and and sleep and watch TV and just kind of give a recharge because I am, what I've learned is an extroverted introvert or an ambivert. What that means is I can be in social settings and be engaged and be a part of a group activity, but it takes the energy away from me. And so in order for me to recharge, I need to be alone. I need to have introverted time where I'm by myself. I'm in my own thoughts. I'm in my own head. One of my favorite things is cancel plans. (laughs) Although I'm good with spending time with people and going to engagements and activities, I often get excited when plans are canceled because I'm like, oh, there's a a little bit of relief. 
I live in a duality in most of the areas of my life. I'm both introverted and extroverted. I'm, I'm black and white as far as my viewpoints, right? I'm very much a person of extremes. I'm either all in or I'm not in at all. So learning myself, embracing who I am and being okay with me is a journey that I've been on in my emotional healing process. And so just I accepting my identity Accepting my value isn't wrapped up in what I do, but it's all based on who I am has been a very challenging lesson for me. That's it for this episode. But if you want to find out whether or not I got the fellowship, be sure to tune in to our next episode as we continue with part two of Who Am I? The life work is going to be an examination of yourself. So there's many ways that people can do this. So For all of my super safe saints, the first step is to do a spiritual gifts test. So that's usually the first step in understanding your spiritual gifts, which is typically called a motivational gift. I may or may not do an episode on the breakdown of all of that. It's way too much information that already exists on it. But just to give you a quick uh, overview, there are three types of spiritual gifts that we often identify motivational, which is basically how you're wired, ministry, which is typically how you serve the body of Christ, and then manifestation, which is available to all believers who, you know, of course, who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And it is a spirit who will manifest the gifts when in in need in a lot of cases. So that's a, that's a quick ex- uh, explanation. But typically, we begin with a spiritual gifts test. And then there are other types of psychological tests that you can do. There's like a Myers-Briggs test that you can do. There's also the Enneagram, which is another option. So there's tons out here that you could examine. But really what those things do is it helps you to narrow in and give you language to identify what you already know about yourself in most cases. Most of us know ourselves, or at least we have a a little bit of an understanding about who we are. We just may not always have the words or the language or the explanations and definitions. And so that's all these tests typically do. And so just kind of help you to be able to put your finger on what that thing is. So there's tons of them. We'll put a few of them in the show notes for you to, to click on. But that would be the life work for this time around. Just really get to know yourself. Who are you? And in order to really solidify that, you got to know who God is, who your creator is, and you, you will know yourself when you know him. So the more you spend time with him, the more you're in his word, the more you pray, the more you read, the more you sit with him and re- he reveals himself to you will help you to settle into who he created you to be uniquely, fearfully and wonderfully made knit together in your mother's womb, handcrafted, handiwork of God, all those beautiful things. So get your life work done and we'll see you on the next one. That's it for this episode. If you have been enjoying listening, please consider sharing and subscribing to the podcast. And until next time, remember, you have been set free to live free. So choose freedom. Freedom.